0: I wanted to make sure that companies were getting the most value out of their technical investment because some companies treat SharePoint like a Pinto, and it's really a Ferrari.
1: Welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership Podcast, where we highlight and explore the views of thought leaders And organizations across the tech industry. We're presenting topics on leadership, sales, and trends from our perspective as individuals and, of course, as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership. We're really excited about our special guest today. Our special guest is the CEO and founder of CSA IT Solutions. Now, Amy has over 15 years of experience in the field of IT, and her organization provides customized, web-based consulting, web application development, and training tailored to her clients. If you're an organization and you are looking to take advantage of SharePoint, Microsoft Teams, Office 365, and having an internet and the ability to communicate all things and anything to the people on your team, you'll need to work with Amy and Amy at CSA IT Solutions. Now, Amy's credentials include both a bachelor degree and master's degree in computer science. Look, she's intelligent, she's smart, she is amazing. She also holds a number of key technical certifications, including Microsoft SharePoint, MCTS 70-667, SharePoint Administrative Professional, IT Foundation. She's even an instructor at CompTIA. She's a technical instructor. So what we're trying to say is she knows what she's talking about. She's known what she's doing. And if your organization would like to have insights on how to take teams to the next level, you can feel confident that her and her team can do the job right. Amy, welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership Podcast.
0: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be
1: here. Now, before we dive into your organization, we're gonna let our audience know that from time to time, David and I, when we speak, we'll let the audience know who is asking the question. Because sometimes David will ask a question or I'll ask a question, we wanna make sure the audience knows. But one of the great things that I miss about living in DMV, miss living in DC is uh, go-go music, and of course, mambo sauce. Now, for those people out there who don't know what that is, all I gotta say is you can now buy mambo sauce in a jar, which you couldn't in the past. Go out there, try it out. But another great thing about DC, they have great international foods, right? Great food from Africa, great food from the Caribbean. And so Dave and I were very fortunate to be able to take part of that. We're really excited about that. And what we wanna ask you, Amy, is living in the DMV, growing up being technical, Uh, We'll get to your home country before you move to America and all that other stuff and all that later. But tell us, what have been some of the challenges you faced and some of the key lessons you learned in the field of technology? And we'll go into your business a little bit later. But what have been some of the things you've learned over the years in this area of technology?
0: Sure. So I think that um, you have to be adaptable. It's changing all the time. And so you can never let your skills be archaic. You have to constantly keep track of all the changes that are happening in 365 for Microsoft and um, just stay on top of the latest and greatest and keep learning and keep growing. That's the only way you're going to survive in tech.
1: (laughs) This is David, and I appreciate you sharing that, Amy. And uh, I want to ask you something because you mentioned the word archaic. And for those of us that have been around for a while, we thought 8-Track was cool. Then you had the cassette tape. Then you thought, no, 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 let me get the VHS. And then now you got the Blu-ray disc. And before you know it, technology's gotten out of control, but it's in a, out of control in a good way. And instead of going to your children, asking for help, you gotta learn. And for organizations, you might be stuck in an ever-changing environment in one place, one situation, but you've got to learn to evolve. You've got to learn to grow through it. You've got to learn to be able to adapt as well so you can take advantage of the technology for your organization. So Amy, tell us a little bit about CSA IT, IT Solutions. What inspired you to start your organization? And what are some of the customized services and solutions you provide? You mentioned uh, Microsoft 365. So tell us about your company and why did you start it? I started the company with um, just SharePoint Services
0: because it was literally just myself. Um, I was fortunate enough to be um, working in several different roles where I was maintaining SharePoint server farms. Um, I was doing the training, talking to business users, getting an understanding of what their business requirements were and mapping those to technical solutions. And so I think because I touched so many different layers of SharePoint, it helped me to solidify the types of services that I was going to offer to the clients um, that I was going to be servicing. And so now we, of course, we still are heavily involved in SharePoint. I have a team of about 12 people now and we do definitely SharePoint collaboration, uh, Teams collaboration. Um, We also are helping companies with sensitivity labels and securing those files when they leave the organization and of course, training. So, I wanted to make sure that companies were getting the most value out of their technical investment because some companies treat SharePoint like a Pinto and it's really a Ferrari. And you have all these features that you have that companies don't really utilize. And so, I wanted to help them
1: get the most bang for their buck. This is Danny. You know what? I appreciate you bringing that up because it is a powerful tool. And I believe sometimes when we as an organization are not in the tool as much as we should be, Mm -hmm. we see it as not a necessity, but more as a commodity. And I'm glad you brought that up. It is a very powerful tool. I I remember you're building uh, something like this, similar for the BCP at one time. And it was all about being able to leverage everything into one platform where everything's already there. It's just all over the place, but now you built it, a dashboard, you built it all where we can just see everything, right? get all the files, access who's doing what, what did a person have access rights? What did they have rights to? I mean, that's very important to know all of those aspects. And if you're an organization and you have files all over the place, in your organization, you don't know who's accessing the files internally within your organization, externally within your organization. It's very important to protect that. It's very important to see that this tool can actually give you back efficiencies in your organization and increase your productivity. So I'm just curious. Amy, how are you um, really helping organizations see in more detail how this is beneficial for them from a productivity standpoint? And then of course, all things security. How are you helping them to see this from a security standpoint, why this is important as well? We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why at Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. for all your event needs, let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Pigs don't have to fly for you to retire a millionaire. Optimize how you spend, save, and grow your money with the Millionaire Me app. Millionaire Me was designed to help Gens X, Y, and Z become after-tax millionaires in retirement. Even if you haven't started saving, you can get started. Get all the tools that you'll need and one easy to use app to get you toward your goal of retiring as a millionaire. So remember, pigs don't have to fly for you to retire a millionaire. Go to the App Store, download the app to get started. And even now, you could join in their campaign this month entitled the March Forward Savings Challenge. Get started and learn how to become that millionaire.
0: So um, one of our points is to make sure that we're giving the clients exactly what they need. Um, So we tailor all of our solutions according to what's gonna be beneficial for them because we work with clients in different industries and it's really about what's in it for them. It's, it's about relating to um, what's going to serve purposes to, so that they can see the value in it. As it relates to sensitivity labels, um, so we're helping them. So for the federal government, um, we, we're, t- we're hearing about it a lot where people are not handling files the way that they need to, the way they're supposed to. And so we are actually working on labeling of those documents and even emails where they're marked as unclassified or maybe they're marked as CUI and putting additional controls such as like data loss prevention policies around those documents. So if the documents are not supposed to leave the organization, they stay within those parameters or looking at conditional access where we are defining what the guest user experience is as people are interacting with content within the organization.
1: Amy, this is David, and I want to follow up with something you were saying earlier. So for our listening audience out there, it's not just politicians, former presidents, vice presidents, current presidents, that might be challenged with understanding what sensitive documents are. Amy said that, organizations that work with sensitive files, sensitive information, they also need to understand how to protect that data. So Amy, I'm glad you touched on it. So being an entrepreneur and being someone who's run organizations, you know, there's always that one success story that keeps you going despite any challenges out there, despite the frustrations. And we all know that those challenge people Or challenge organizations that just can't get out of their way, that just can't seem to adopt technology fast enough, they could be a headache, but you help them to overcome that. So are there any success stories that you might want to highlight or something you could share with our audience about how CSA IT Solutions helped that business or organization through that period? I don't want to say learn how to identify documents and label them correctly, but what about a success story that you found that that keeps you going despite all the challenges that you have to overcome with these organizations?
0: Yes, so we just did a migration for a hospital. It was a massive site with a number of different sub-sites on an older platform of SharePoint, and permissions were all over the place, and We had to do a lot of analysis on that content to really understand what's the best strategy to bring all the content over. And a lot of times the companies don't need documents from 10 years ago. So we talked about retention policies and we talked about maybe we archive some of this content. Um, And I love the fact that as consultants, they really listen to us and they really took our expertise and whatever guidance we gave them, they said, yes, let's do it. Um, so they, the project was just amazing. After the migration was done, we created um, a communication plan, a, a user adoption plan, and they said they had zero help desk mm-hmm. tickets, zero complaints, zero issues when we were done with that migration because we planned it so well with their help.
1: And so imagine was- the money coming back To the organization. Imagine the time that's being able to be recouped by that organization. I mean, that's amazing. And I love that you stated that because for such an incredibly sensitive environment, when you're talking about a hospital, when you're talking about healthcare as a whole, there is so much going on with being able to go from one doctor to another hospital. Can you share this data? Can you share that data? And they would say, look, we can help reduce the headache, so to speak. You don't have to introduce aspirin. Uh, you can introduce, uh, say, say, IT solutions. That's how you do it, right? I love that. Um, but as you started your practice, Amy, I wanna ask you, have there been influential leaders or voices that helped you uh, become a more technically sound organization? And, you know, we look at this industry and Dan and I are big advocates for women in tech. And this is a dominated industry by men. And for so many, uh, they, there's a challenge just to get at the seated table or say, no, let's get rid of the table and make a bigger table. And yet there is that, that sense of am I in it by myself? And so you've been at this for some time. Uh, who's helped encourage you? Who's helped to inspire you despite the not the landscape of technology changing, but just the challenge perhaps of the technology space needing to change in terms of diversity?
0: Absolutely. So there have been numerous um, men in the org in the tech industry who have been very supportive. You're not going to always get that, so let's just put that out there, right? You're not going to always get support. You're not going to always be liked, and it's okay, right? But you will find people, especially guys, who will be just absolutely supportive in your career. I remember having um, an internship and. This one guy, he was very instrumental with helping me understand the path of which way I wanted to go um, as it relates to computer science. Um, so I was still in college and I was still trying to figure out is it networking, is it software, is it like programming, like what is it? And so with that internship, he allowed me to touch on different components of computer science. And then I kind and that helped shape that I was gonna go down the, the web development scripting languages route. Um, And that was very pivotal in my, in the beginning of my career. And I would say that as I started my business and I was doing a lot of speaking engagements, I mean, I've had guys come up to me and say, you know, I want to support more women in tech. How can I do that? Just asking that question alone is instrumental. Um, Having me be a judge at hackathons or um, just, you know, having me be a speaker uh, or being invited to this podcast, Um, having a platform to showcase women in tech is everything that a a man can do to help women in tech.
1: This is Danny. I am very happy to hear that you had a chance to explore a little bit. I know that when I began my career, um, I began as a network engineer. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know that, right? So I went to college at mechanical engineering, I also went for a physics degree and then graduate school. I did computer science um, and an MBA. And I was like, man, I like technology, but I don't want to be too geeky because I still would like to work with people. And someone said, hey, you should become a sales engineer, right? But I was like, yeah, you know, I like networking. I configure routers. I went into uh, from a network engineer to IT manager. And then next thing you know, I'm getting my master's degree and then I'm switching careers to now go into sales engineering because I'm explaining the technical components of uh, the equipment I'm selling. And that was with IBM at the time. I started, I began my sales engineer career with IBM. And and it takes somebody who's willing to mentor you, who's willing to give you that opportunity to explore. I know a lot of times, and I'm, I'm speaking to our audience members out there, if you're younger, new to your career, it's okay. You don't have to be a millionaire by the time you're 30 years old. You don't have to try to figure it all out and be this great entrepreneur like Gary Vee or something like that by the time you're 30 years old. And he talks about that on his podcast as well, this pressure to to know what you want to do and know what you're going to be and be a multimillionaire by the time you get out of college or by the time you you finish your first career. Many of us don't know that. Some of us need opportunities. Some of us need a mentor to guide us. And as you said, Amy, you had a chance to explore. You had a chance to try to figure out what did you like? What was of interest to you? And a lot of times people don't get that opportunity. And I, I tell people every day, say, look, what did you do in college? What are you doing now? All right? Dave went to school for one thing. He's doing something different. I went to school for one thing. I'm doing something different. It's okay. Take your time. That's the great thing about it. Now, as an entrepreneur, you've had to go through this journey and you've been, a, been in IT for quite a while. So I want people to know that this is not new for you, Amy. You've been in IT for a while. You've been in technology for a while. You have a technical background. But one of the great things about your business that I've heard over the years that I've seen, whether it be through my organization, through the Black Channel Partner Alliance, through Microsoft, and through the communities, is that you've continued to add value. And one of the ways I would like our audience to understand is how did you continue to grow and scale your organization during the pandemic how did you continue to add value when clients are trying to pull back a little bit because they're worried about what's going to happen in the future? How did you maintain that? Because as you said, you have a team of 12 people, but how did you continue to maintain that positivity, that growth uh, while the pandemic was taking place?
0: Um, quite simply because it was just already natural for us to work remotely. And so it wasn't a big transition for us and it was so casual and so natural And we just kind of showed our clients, here's what we've been doing. Here's how we use Microsoft Teams to send chat messages to one another, how you can store all your files, how you can um, even manage your projects inside of Teams. And so we kind of just, you know, use our lessons learned and share them with clients. And I think that as a leader, when you are calm, cool, and collected, and you're going with and like rolling with the punches, um, you know, I think it gives other people confidence to say, oh, we can do this too. And it's okay. It's just a different way of working. But at the end of the day, we're all getting work done. So whether we're in person or remote, um, it may feel different, but um, we're still accomplishing what we set out to do on a regular basis at work.
1: Notice you said it was just normal. It was just part of who you are, part of your DNA. And one of the things I want to encourage our audience, uh, if you're an entrepreneur or if you're a VP or CEO of an MSP or an ISV or even a big organization, your DNA, who you are, will get you through good times and bad times. And when bad times come, you have to rely on what is a habit, a good habit. And those good habits continue to keep the momentum going forward. Now, you may, may, be not, may not be running at a marathon pace, uh, I mean a sprinter's pace, but you're still running that marathon pace. You're still moving forward. So I want to encourage everybody, look, develop great habits, develop great daily mindset so that as good times happen, great, relish it, grow continue to build those relationships as bad times happen, continue to go fall back on those habits to continue to keep moving forward. And that's one of the reasons why your organization, Amy, I believe is very successful. Uh, a second thing that I believe is the reason why you guys are successful is because what you do is something that people need. And when they finally realize it and you guys do such an amazing job, as you said, look, it was zero support tickets. You did an amazing job onboarding, explaining, supporting, configuring, understanding what the client really wants and then giving them exactly what they need. But along the way, we we'll become a true advocate and a true voice for women in tech. I've heard you speak about uh, helping women learn technology and get into the field, if they have an interest in IT and get into the field. So let me ask you, what advice can you give women today? As Dave said earlier, as a male dominated field, what advice can you give women today that are interested one day in having their own IT company, such as yourself is having, where should they start? How should they move forward? And when they get to that point, is it necessary to have a mentor to help them get to the next level as well?
0: I would say first and foremost, have confidence internally with what you're doing um, and just learn as much as you can to, to also give you the confidence that you need. Um, I would say you you could have mentors, but I talk to a lot of different people because everyone's advice is subjective to their own experiences. So you have to kind of take different angles. I might ask two or three people about the same question just to see what my different answers will be to help me shape my thoughts and opinions about how I want to move forward. Um, I think that if you are planning on starting your company. It's not necessarily always about the service that you're going to offer, but also the administrative details, um, setting up the business correctly with your EIN numbers. Or if you're going to the federal government, there's so much paperwork (laughs) that you have to complete and finances are important and your marketing strategy. So I just had to learn um, if you can, if if you end up making a lot of money, lots of profit one year, save as much as you can for those rainy days because you just don't know how your staff may influx um, and you want to prepare for that as much as you can. Um, And we have unexpected things happen all the time. So (laughs) just be adaptable when those unexpected things occur.
1: Amy, this is David, and I appreciate what you're sharing, and, and I want to kind of dig a little deeper into your entrepreneurial journey and the advice you're giving to younger or women that aspire to be in the space. You've said something a couple of times now, and this is like a theme for, for me, being resilient, being adaptable, and preparing. you got to prepare for the good times, the challenging times, but you've got to prepare In such a way that it will help your organization move forward, even when everybody else is at a standstill. Uh, I remember when I first started as a minister many, many years ago, one of the advices, uh, inputs that one of my mentors gave me was David always be prepared. He said, you've got to always be prepared in season, out of season. One day you got to preach. One day you got to teach. One day you got to go visit someone in the hospital. You have to be ready and you've got to put your, yourself in a position where you could do that. So I've heard you talk about resiliency, adaptability, being prepared. Th- this sounds like it reflects your mindset as an entrepreneur. And it sounds like it's the way you approach your business. Talk about that mindset and how you now translate that into your leadership of your team. How do you apply that Mindset. I mean, truth be told, we need diversity of our team members as well. But how do you take that mindset to helping your team members that they can in turn become resilient, adaptable? Because the truth is, you can't hold their hands either.
0: Um, I think that we. Um, I am a big proponent of making sure that my team is very honest and open with how they are feeling about projects or how they're feeling personally. Because I think that once you can kind of talk through some of the the struggles, right, that are happening, I think it just kind of helps to say, okay, let's figure out what the plan of action is. Let's figure out how we're going to move forward. Yes, this project may not feel good or, you know, maybe we can get you some support on this project um, to help you through it so it doesn't feel so uncomfortable. Um, And sometimes it's about being comfortable with being uncomfortable, Right. So sometimes, um, let's just say I might ask someone on the team, can you put together this presentation? And they're like, presentation, I don't want to do this presentation. (laughs) Right. And, um, because I've been a speaker in so many instances for me, it's like nothing. Right. But then I had to shift last week and say, okay, maybe you don't present to our team, your findings. Maybe you just record a video if that feels more natural to you and they were like oh yeah I can do that and so it's not always being so structured where it has to be this certain type of way it's really about understanding who uh your people are and um being able to I keep using the word adapt to (laughs) just what's comfortable for them so that we kind of all work in a way that feels natural because if it feels natural, it's gonna come out with passion and um it's gonna be a great product in the end. But if it feels forced and it feels weird, it's not gonna be the best product, in my opinion.
1: No. Amy, this is David again, and I and I love where you're going with that. And for some of us here, we're parents, we know what that's what that's like. You can't force it, you gotta almost guide it, encourage it. But you said something that's amazing. You said when you don't force it and they kind of run with it, they kind of go with their strengths, it becomes more of a passion. It becomes something that they can shine in and and it really brings out the best in them. And I love that you give them that latitude to do that. Let me ask you this question. When it comes to this whole discussion about ever-changing technology, the landscape's always moving. It's always going forward. It's always having some different layer or some different turn or some different change. And your job for your clients is that you stay on the edge, that you stay up to date, with the latest technology trends and development so how do you do that how do you stay on top of the latest transit technology while you're still trying to deliver for your clients and then is this something that you're you're just on your own i've got to study these books i've got to go to these seminars i've got to go to these different podcast platforms how do you stay on the edge when you're still trying to deliver for your clients it's
0: a great question because As I mentioned in the beginning, with all the changes that are rolling out in 365, there is absolutely no way that one person can keep up. It's just unrealistic to think that. So sometimes it's um, having some people on the team that are seeing um, the different products that are rolling out in the Microsoft roadmap. Sometimes it's attending conferences to see what people are talking about. I even like um, that I'm connected to a number of different people on different product teams at Microsoft, because I might see a tweet that says this particular feature is rolling out. And then if they put on there, it's rolling out to GCC and the government commercial client, uh, uh, government commercial, government uh, tenants, then, you know, that is also a win for us since we support government clients. Um, Sometimes it's seeing what's rolling out in the commercial tenants to plan for what's coming out in the government tenants and putting together a plan of how can we be proactive about what we know is coming. I literally was just on a call this morning um, for one of the government clients, and we know that there's certain products that are retiring, phasing out, transitioning and we're already documenting, okay, in April and in August, these products are transitioning. We see the dates in commercial, but let's plan for what does that look like now so that we can get ahead of it. So we try as much as we can um, to just stay on top of things using those various channels. And we have a great relationship with people at Microsoft who will even sometimes um, tag me on posts. Um, on LinkedIn or on Twitter, letting me know with the group of others, of course, like these are the, the features that are rolling out. So relationships are important as well.
1: We'll be right back after this short break. We wanna thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of Pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jacobins. That's Paul, dot com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions ranging from public relations brand communications and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a spectacular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. This is Danny. Here's what I'm hearing. You just said relationships are important. Yes. Relationships with your vendor and relationships with your client. And I think so many times we're so quick to get a project done or we're so quick to sell a solution, but we don't think about the long-term planning things out. And I think you did a great job when you explained how the government works. You, you need to understand three-year, five-year, 10-year roadmap. You need to understand how they're going to look at using a product today, how they're going to look at using a product down the road, what are some of the key features. And I used to love the fact that when I sat down with my client, I used to always do QBRs with them, right, quality business reviews. I used to also do roadmap planning with them. And when you buy this solution, you buy this hardware software, you buy these services, here's what's going to take place, here's your five-year warranty, here's what's going to happen over the five years, and they love that. But at the same time, when I can provide some insight that is not on the internet some insight that they can't find in a book because i'm in touch with the OEM i'm in touch with the vendor so much that they value what we do for them they trust us to not only showcase the product implement the product sell the product support the product the right way i'm now looked at by the customer as a consultant because i'm bringing value add and one of the things i love when you were speaking is you're just saying the right things that gives people the ability to grow their business the right way look you're going to grow your business the right way when you think about your client. And you said this early in the very beginning. We listened to our client. We gave them exactly what they wanted, the product that they wanted. That's very important. You had another client, the government. We sat down and talked about long-term features, what's going to come out, what's going to come down the road. Then you talked about the vendor, why that's important. So listen, if you're in the audience saying you're going to start a business or you already have a business, you already own an ISV, for example, make sure you take this to heart. Don't just sell your product. Understand the customer. Give them a roadmap. Give them a the long-term vision. Let them look at you, not just paying a, a bill, but right. wow, you're my consultant. This is why I pay you what you're worth. This is how you raise what you're worth. You raise your value, raise your price. Because at the end of the day, you can't build for the future if you're running at one points of margin. You just can't. You got to have a little bit more margin than that so that one day you get a big government contract and Amy can go out and hire 10 more people. She can't do that. She's living on one point of margin. So guys, listen to this. Audience, understand this. This is very important. Now, let's get back to the fact that we're now in 2023. We're at a point right now, Amy, where your organization is growing. It's doing really well. It's been consistent. Uh, Two things I want to ask you. One is, what are the goals? What other great plans do you have for your organization in 2023? And then the second question I have is, do you believe that the way you grew up in your own home country, the, the, the way that you grew up with the people around you, did that give you the foundation to have great daily habits to make sure that you can achieve these goals in
0: 2023? So our goals for this year is to, of course, build more um, opportunities within the federal government. We're also working on um, going after some opportunities at the state level. And um, we like to diversify as it relates to our client base. So we're definitely looking at some key um, uh, companies within the commercial space as well. Um, We love partnerships as well. So we're definitely growing in that aspect. Um, We do have to focus more on marketing. (laughs) That's something that, of course, doesn't come natural to us since we're a tech shop, but it is very important. Um, and so as it relates to how I grew up, so I actually was born in DC, but my parents are from Sierra Leone. And of course, just, uh, they came over here in the seventies and they had to work hard to get here and they had to work hard to survive and understand what it was like to build here. And then they still had to send back home for family and bring family members over here. And so, I definitely saw at a very early age that working hard was something that you just do. Um, And I've seen my parents have two and three jobs at a time. So I think that naturally for me, um, even though, say, for example, I'm in high school, I found little things to do, like to make money, (laughs) right? Maybe it was braiding hair um, or babysitting. Um, And so I've always had lots of different passions. Um, very early on. And I think, you know, that could potentially be from the fact that, you know, I had family that wasn't from here. And I just saw a different aspect of different cultures, right? So the American culture living in DC, and then the African culture. um, And then it was just work, 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 work.
1: (laughs) This is Danny. Another thing that you said, work, work, it was actually your family that built that into you. Uh, The ability to work, you saw that as an example as well. And Dave and I grew up in a household where our family was the same way. My mother had, she worked two jobs. My father was in the military and we lived in the best school districts Mm -hmm. and grew up with the best education possible so they can have the best possibility to succeed. And I appreciate that. But from that experience, it actually embed into me the ability to work hard the ability to love the people that you're working for. It's my why every day. I'm like, I, I, I just don't want to work today or I'm just tired. I think about my why and I get I get to it. And I love that, that you said that about your family, your culture, being able to see your parents as a great example. And even looking at how you were growing up and even braiding hair. By the way, you can't live in the D.C. area. It, it just can't unless you learn a little bit here and there. And that, that's self-care, right? You got to know how to braid hair. That's just, <laughs> that's, just, that's just one of the things you have to, even if, as a father of girls only, I'm doing hair. So I don't know about the other dads out there, but I'm a girl dad and I love taking care of my daughters and even doing their hair. So if that's something that has to do, be done, that's, that's what I do. I roll up my sleeves to get it done. Now let's go back to um, uh, you growing your, your organization and hitting your goals for so this year, diversifying P2P, P2P is, for the audience who don't know, is partnering to partnering. This is where Amy said, look, we're going to leverage more partnerships in order to get into opportunities that we may not have um, been able to get into uh, now. Maybe later we could have gotten into, but why not get into it now by leveraging a partnership? So I appreciate you talking about that. A lot of times we think we have to go at it alone. But what I've heard from you from the very beginning of your story You've had a mentor, you've had guidance, you've had your family, you've had your community, even building your team. You give your team members a freedom to express themselves in a certain way. If it means to record a a video instead of doing it live, you allow them to do all all these things are what we call great tools that built up a great culture. Do you believe that uh, in order to be successful in 2023, 2024, 2025, that as you are building your organization, you have to have a great culture within your organization. What, what do you believe about that? And how are you supporting, continue to support that culture in your organization?
0: Oh, absolutely. Because it's all about the people, right? So if you don't have people on your team, then you don't have a business. You could do it alone, but it's going to be more strenuous and more time-consuming, and you're not going to have different thoughts and ideas and perspectives that are mixed into the equation of how you can deliver services to your clients without a team. And so I think that um, I like to be very flexible um, because you just should be. You should be flexible. You should understand that people have other priorities. They have family. They have kids. They have whatever's going on with with themselves. Um, They may want to travel. I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, Some One person on my team, She loves to go to different countries. And I'm like, if you want to take your laptop and work on a beach, you should go for it. Um, As long as it's getting, as long as the work's getting done, you know, I don't see a problem with it. And if you're going to a country that has Wi-Fi, (laughs) reliable Wi-Fi, right? So that's all that matters um, is that people are happy. Um, They see flexibility because I am a small company, right? I don't have the luxury of providing all the benefits that a larger company could provide because they know that maybe they're not giving you certain aspects that you could have if you were working for a smaller company, right? So smaller company means that you may touch on lots of different technologies, um, services, perhaps. Bigger company may mean that you are hired to do this one thing and this one thing only because there's other people who are doing all these other things that you'll never be able to touch. Um, so I think that having, just kind of knowing um, what's a good environment for you. And if people come on board, I want them to feel like this is the best place that they've worked, even though we're a small company and you know um, have a good time and, and enjoy it, right? Because sometimes what we're doing, sometimes it's very difficult. Sometimes it's challenging, you're resolving issues. But then if you can have a good balance where we have fun and we have a good time and you have flexible, a flexible schedule, I think it all kind of balances out.
1: This is David, Amy. And for our listening audience out there today, if you love what you're hearing and you appreciate the guests we're bringing on, make sure you are downloading and subscribing to this program. Find out how you can become a sponsor as well. So what I'm hearing, Amy, and what you're basically telling everybody out there in the podcast verse is that. You can be flexible. This whole thing called hybrid work environments. These things can work if you get the best out of your employees. So I can go to Belize. I can go to Sierra Leone. I can go to Singapore. And as long as I have the ability to have connectivity and I'm able to do the signed projects, I might be more productive at times. And so I love that you put that out there. I love that you support your employees in that way. I want to ask you something along this line of being a speaker. You've been on several podcasts and hopefully this is the best podcast experience you've ever had. You grace the stage when it comes to speaking. Did you ever have speaking anxiety or fears that you had to overcome? How do you go through that or grow through that and continue to grace the stage in terms of as a speaker? So you just have to do it
0: <laughs> and you have to keep doing it and the first time I remember uh I was a speaker um at a conference, a tech conference, and I was so nervous. And I had my script ready on what I was gonna say because I had to get it all out of my mind and put it on paper. Um and I did this demo. Um, I forgot what it was about, but I know it was a technical demo. And I just put a lot of work into the presentation and practiced it a few times. One thing that I learned is to pause and take a break, right? If you feel that nervous ball of energy, just settle down. <laughs> and it'll be okay. And I think that one of the things that I used to um kind of, uh, I would be mad at myself about was if I forgot to say something, but no one in the audience knows if you if you forgot to say something, so it's okay. You know, um, I think that if you just have fun with it, just let it flow, and uh, just try to have fun with it, you'll you'll do fine.
1: This is Danny. There's that saying uh, by Nike: "Just, just do, do it." it. <laughs> <And> <laughs> exactly. I think so many times we want to have perfection because we're so worried about what people may think, what people may say. And you said, "I just did it. You just just go do it." And the more you just do it the more you're going to become what I call more comfortable. Exactly. You'll never be hundred percent like no nerves. you never, I don't know how many times Dave and I have spoken. There's always going to be at least 1% nerves. Why? There might be somebody in that audience that knows more than you. There might be someone in the audience who is a fashionista may look at your outfit and don't like it. Maybe they don't like the way you braided your hair or something. Who knows? They don't like the way that I wore my shirt. There's all sorts of reasons, but, you just got to get out and do it. And I remember running track and field. And I remember that there's times where I was sitting in the 200, doing the 200, getting in the blocks. I wasn't quite ready yet. I just wasn't quite ready. And it was like on your mark, get set, and the gun goes off. I'm like, it doesn't matter if you're ready. You got to go. You have to go. Look, I didn't go through my whole routine. You see athletes do this all the time. LeBron Jan, get the baby powder, throws it up in the air this chance, whatever. Everyone does these little routines. I didn't even get a chance to finish my routine. And they said, go. And I'm going to challenge you as an audience. Look, if you've ever had your side projects and you've asked yourself, how can I make this into a full-time gig? Just do it. If you've ever been in a position as a leader and you know in the heart of hearts that you need to bring on more resources because you're going to win this deal, just do it. Go win the deal. Bring on some more resources. Go do it. Do not hesitate. And if you get an opportunity to be on an amazing podcasts, you get an opportunity to speak to women because you're a woman of color. You get an opportunity to get on the stage for that. You get an opportunity to get on stage to speak about IT solutions because your organization specializes in IT. Just do it. That's what Amy's telling you to do. Go out and just do it. I'm going to encourage our audience today. If you're a business owner and you realize that I have too much manual processes going on today. I want to encourage you to leverage Microsoft technologies, leverage Amy to create those manual processes and turn them into automated processes to make life easy for you. If you got files everywhere, if you have documents all over the place, you don't know who did what, when did what, reach out to Amy. She'll help you, what I call, categorize and articulate who does what, who has access to what, and protect your files. That's very important. And if you want to know how to adopt it, to make sure it's like, look, this is technology. I'm spending a lot of money. How do I adopt it? She just said earlier that when they implemented a solution, there were zero support tickets. You're going to learn because she's an expert instructor. She's a CompTIA, CompTIA instructor. She knows exactly how to educate the client, not only on the product, but how to use the product. Why buy something if you don't know how to use it? Why buy that latest Samsung S23 or the latest iPhone 14, about to become 15, and not know how to use it? You're just spending money and it just sits there. So make sure you reach out to Amy. And if you want to learn more about her and her organization, go to ccitsolutions.com. It's S-E-I-S-A-Y-I-T-Solutions.com. I have to spell it out. But if you just go online and you search it through Edge or, or, or you Google it, it'll be the first thing that pops up because her, her name is so unique. If you just put the word IT in her name, boom, it'll pop up first. So I don't know. You may not be good at marketing, Amy, but hey, you guys are showing on the first page. So that's, that's very phenomenal. Uh, On behalf of my identical twin brother, David, and myself, we want to thank you for joining Twins Talk Tech Leadership. We want to thank you for being a pioneer and blazing the channels, blazing IT for all women and minorities. And we want to thank you for joining our podcast today. Thank you very much, Amy.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: for listening to the twins talk tech leadership please subscribe download and share this program learn about sponsorship opportunities and become featured on our program follow us on linkedin and other social media platforms be sure to also give our other program twins talk it up a listen as well we will see you next time in the next episode of twins talk tech leadership